0: done that and heard it all. Trust me, there'll be few things that I haven't experienced firsthand. I created this podcast because I just love to help mums like you find ways to navigate life in the thick of it and find a way out of it. Episode 484, Screen Addiction, a conversation with a former gamer. As many of you know, if you've listened to the show, I'm in the middle of a podcast book club series on the Screen Strong Solution by Melanie Hempy. It's a ten-part series, and in the previous, in in nine, the first nine parts, I discussed the book and what I thought of it, and we we got to a, a place where many of you were reaching out and saying how much you'd enjoyed it, and I managed to get the author Melanie onto the show with me, and we recorded part 10, where we spoke for nearly an hour on trying to help everyone find a solution to this gargantuan problem that we have today, where the bottom line is our kids are spending way too much time in the virtual world and not enough time in the real world. But Melanie's whole uh, passion for this in this area came to light because her eldest son, Adam, became addicted to gaming. So I asked Melanie when, I was on the, when she was on the show if Adam would be open to coming on the show with me and having a conversation. Because I think for, the, for you to hear it, you know, we always say from the mouth of babes, but to hear it from an ex-gamer, a former gamer, a gaming addict and, and find out, you know, what was it that got him to where he got to. And how has he got himself out of it? Because he has got himself out of it. And in the book, Melanie refers to Adam quite regularly. So he's very familiar with being on shows. He's in hot demand to come and speak to people like me and to help mums and dads out there um, navigate the challenges we all face with regards to the impact of the digital world and technology and devices and phones on our children and their developing brains. so adam thank you so much for being here on the show with me today
1: yeah thanks for having me
0: yeah it really is great i appreciate your time cuz he's a busy guy and he is committed to helping find a solution his uh, mom uh, melanie started an organization called screenstrong.com and adam's on the board you can go on there i'll put the link in the in the show notes so you can go in there so Adam, thank you again. But I know the listeners would love to hear your backstory and hear it from you as to where you were, where you are now, how it all started, you know, what, what happened, what went quote unquote wrong? And how was it allowed, you know, all these things I'm, I'm so interested in, in hearing from you. So share your story with the, the listeners.
1: Okay, so I was born in 1991. So this was obviously kind of before video games were huge like they are today. And I grew up kind of like a normal kind of childhood life. You know, I'd go outside, play with my friends, we would get lost in the woods, we'd kill snakes, we'd dig holes to China, we'd play pickup football, baseball, hockey games, and all that stuff. And then, um, probably around 12 or 13 years old, I started with this game called Guild Wars that had just come out, and it was kind of like one of the first kind of really like addicting kind of bigger games, and one of my friends got it, and so he wanted the group of friends to play it with him, and we all got it, and we just got hooked, and that's kind of where it started. Um, I played, And then it was like World of Warcraft, which I'm sure tons of people have heard all kinds of stories about that game, um, kind of through high school. And it was like, we'd play things on the Xbox, we'd get together on the weekends, like after school and stuff. On Friday, we'd go to someone's house and just kind of play Call of Duty together or something like that. But um, that was just kind of like what we did. And so instead of like, when I grew up, like playing outside and stuff, we just... My friends and I um, we just played you know video games and stuff together, so um, I graduated high school in 2010, and I did well. Uh, my mom told me later she thought that there was kind of a problem, but I was still getting good grades um, and stuff like you know just normal kind of stuff I just played video games, got good grades. And so that was kind of what a lot of parents care about, but I was missing out on more of the social kind of aspects. And so basically because
0: did you feel that though? Like, did you at any stage, you know, during those years, were you aware of it? I mean, I'm quite sure. I mean, your mom said, the, the, you know, the phone battles where, you know, they were always saying, get off your phone, stop playing yeah. games, come join us. I know this is what I say. This is what other parents say is like we lose our kids to the virtual world. So did you ever think, I have a problem?
1: It was like that. I, f- I think that, when you're addicted to something I think that you know even if you're you know just 15 or 16 years old like I would just get home from school on the weekends and I would just play video games all day and I'd like look up and it was like midnight on Saturday like I started playing it like as soon as I woke up at like 10 o'clock or something um and so you know I think or at least I did I like kind of knew that it was a problem but I didn't really you know I didn't really like admit to myself I guess that it was a problem like I just didn't know like what else to do um and so because that's basically what I did um just played video games and stuff with my free time I would when I went to college that's what I did and I had way more free time in college than I did in high school um just, I mean, I don't know. That's just kind of how it was for me. Like the classes were, you know, you're not in class for eight or nine hours a day. You just do your class and do your homework. And I started off strong in the first semester. I think I had like a three, eight or three, nine or something like that. And then, um, so I started off strong, but then because I did so well and I didn't really put in like, I mean, i put an effort, but not as much as I could have because I was still playing video games all the time. The second semester just got like really bad and I was just feeling like depressed. And there was one week where I just didn't like leave my building because there was a cafeteria on the top floor. It was like a private kind of dorm situation thing. And um, so I just like didn't even leave the building for a whole week and just like played World of Warcraft the whole week. And I ended up failing two classes because I basically just stopped going to them. And then, um, and then, yeah, that's when I dropped out. And um, I actually enlisted in the army. Um, So that was 2010 to 2011 was my first year in college. And then um, I like, during that second semester, I just like knew that I was like, something had to change. And I basically had already just decided that I was going to drop out and enlist in the military, anyways. And um, so was it
0: the military that motivated you and said, you know what, I have, I, at that point, you're like, this is not right. I can't, I can't continue like this. I'll go to the army to just get, to, to just reset. Or was it you always wanted to go to the army or was it a bit of both?
1: I had considered joining the military. In high school, probably about ninth or tenth grade, because I only applied to one school. I applied to NC State's engineering program, and so I was either going to do that or I was going to enlist out of high school. So it wasn't that wasn't really the thing that motivated me. I don't know. It was just like I just kind of realized that my life wasn't what I wanted it to be. Yeah, you probably weren't
0: feeling fulfilled.
1: Yeah, and so it wasn't like just some spur-of-the-moment thing, like, oh, well, I guess I'll just enlist in the military. Like, I'd thought about it before, but it it did kind of give me an avenue out, I guess, of the kind of trend that I was heading in, because there's no way that I would have been able to do college, I don't think, at that point. Um, So, yeah, but um, so I enlisted uh, that year, and then I was in a delayed entry program for about half a year, and so summer of 2012, I went to Fort Benning, Georgia for my training. I was an infantryman, and then um, I went to Fort Bragg and did some training there, and then ended up in the 82nd Airborne Division, uh, went to Iraq for most of 2015, um, and then got out summer 2017. I was a sergeant, Um And so I had like, I had a team and stuff, but I had a team like in the 82nd, you get teams kind of early because they're short on people. But at that point when I got out, I'd been a team leader for a little over three years. And uh, so that was a lot of really good experience. Um, Obviously, again, just to back up, like basic training was kind of where like the cord got cut, I guess, is like my reset because you didn't have, you didn't even have your own underwear. In basic training like you turned in everything like they gave you this cardboard army issue underwear if you can imagine like mm-hmm. um, you didn't have anything no phone no obviously no computer just nothing and so that was for 14 weeks and so that kind of like helped me reset but um, throughout the you my- ever
0: try- sorry had you ever tried to reset during your college year thinking i just got to stop this
1: I mean, I thought about it, but there isn't, no, it just wasn't going to happen. Like I was just way too addicted. Like it's just, it's just, I don't know. Once,
0: once you're in, like, you, just, you, can, can't, you can't think any other way. You're just, it's,
1: it's. Yeah. Like even now, I don't even know if I like somehow got back in the headspace that I was at that point in time with the depression and everything. Like, I don't even know if I'd be able to, stop now like i just don't know this is really i mean it's really it's really bad um and unless you've like really been addicted to something before it's kind of difficult to understand but you like really can't just can't like stop
0: the chemical thing right it's a chemical dependency you you can't survive you, you can't cope without it it's like you know like an addict any addict you know whether it's crack or heroin or alcohol you know you can't function without it
1: you have, yeah.
0: You know your your body's saying you have to have this. You know the drug. It's whether it be virtual or liquid or you know smoke it or whatever you do. It's yeah. like you your system needs it. Yeah. Interesting. Now, I was just curious as to whether you you tried or whether it was just the pull of this. You know, dopamine was just an oxytocin was just so great that you couldn't you couldn't give it up. You just couldn't say no to it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would. I probably did try, but it wouldn't have lasted more than a couple hours, honestly, each time I did. Um, I thought about it a lot, and I'd be like, okay, tomorrow, you know, I'm not playing video games, and I just keep saying that, you know, that was just what it was, it was tomorrow. Well, tomorrow never gets here, you
0: mm-hmm. know, because
1: mm-hmm. it's always just tomorrow, you're just pushing it back. Yeah,
0: and did um, you have, you know, during your high school years at home, was your mom quite kind of with boundaries and limits did she set the limits and say that's it adam you've got two hours on there no more today did that did it start like that did it leak did it just did you start sneaking it did you say sure i've put it away and then you were up you know because i know the moms listening will want to know did you ever have limits on it or was it just a free reign
1: yeah she she did she wouldn't let me like do free reign and stuff like that and they would um I remember they had uh, put parental controls on the router, uh, so I couldn't like, connect to any of my video games. And I actually, so I was in computer science in high school, so I knew it, like a little bit, I took it for three years, so I knew like a rudimentary level of programming, like logic and stuff like that. So I actually downloaded a hacking program called Hydra, And I learned how to use it and I hacked I legitimate, like not like, oh, I just found the password, like I ran a dictionary attack using this program called Hydra and actually hacked the password on the router. And because they used, I could have done it for each stage, but they used the same password for the other things. So I just kept trying it and I was able to unlock everything. And so like that's what it was. It was like it had to, it was just like that. Like I spent probably, you know, 10 hours straight one day just sitting there like banging my head against the wall with this hydro program trying to learn how it works and I figured it out and and got it so I mean it's really like that's kind of the level it was at they would try to do things but I had a laptop in high school my high school like required everyone to get laptops and stuff like that so I think that she like you know pro- I probably told her that I was just doing homework and I was doing homework like I said like my grades in high school weren't like in the trash can, or anything like that, like I would still do stuff, but I didn't really apply myself like to the extent like that I am now, for example but um but yeah, so it was just it was just kind of like that she didn't really there wasn't any like literature on this. this is kind of like like d d t and stuff like everyone thought it was fine until they realized it wasn't fine mm-hmm. um, but. But yeah, I mean she she kinda thought it was a problem, I think, but tried to put some limits on it, but it didn't really work that well, I guess. Cause also I'm I'm her first kid, so you know, obviously that's like a learning experience for everyone. But yeah, I mean like all the metrics, like I had a couple of friends that I would hang out with, I would get good grades and stuff like that. So mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah, no, I mean it's 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 very interesting to hear it from you, that you, you know, you're, you're in it, you were getting the grades, you know, you were doing what you needed to do from, from your school perspective. But you know, many of the parents that I speak to, the, the kids are not. They're even further down the rabbit hole where they actually, they've given, they've almost given up on it. They're just, mm-hmm. they're not prepared to do it. Whether it's they're not prepared to do it or whether they can't actually make themselves do it because the motivation just has gone. There just seems to be so little motivation for real life. The Pandemic has put another level yeah. In it altogether.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but, you know, if you were advising parents, I mean, what would you say to them? It, can, do you believe it can be done well in moderation? Or do you believe the extent of it is such that it's very hard to go in it for an hour a day? And, you know, even with the, the guidelines for, you know, is your child addicted? Check these boxes. If you check six out of 10, your child probably is. You know, when I read that and the screen families, there's a, a thing at the end of the book your mum wrote, you know, where there's the, the, the casual gamer, the addicted game or whatever it is. But it's like, if you're gaming every day, it suggests, you know what, you're on the path to addiction and to, for it to be not a problem, it just needs to be a few times a month, less than once a week. What do you think about that? Do you think it can be done well, or do you think once you're in it, it's it's almost impossible?
1: I think that, well, personally, I don't think that there are one size fits all solutions when it comes to people. Um, So it's just going to depend on the kid. Like, I mean, you know, some people can go to Vegas for a week and gamble and be fine, and some people get addicted to gambling. I mean, everyone's different.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a very good point. I had
1: friends growing up who could only sit and play for two hours and then they had to get up and do something else. Like Mm -hmm. outside, like we'd go play basketball or something like that. Like there are people that can do that. But um, I think that most of the people, I I would say that if you're a parent and you're researching, if it's a problem, it's probably a problem Mm -hmm. um, with your kid. Because if it's gotten to the point where you're noticing it, You're noticing things and it's starting to affect their life in in various ways. Like I've seen like a lot of things, like people will just call, oh, well, you know, mom, it's like just a hobby or something like that. Well, no one drops out of school because they just play guitar too much. You know, like that's just not I mean, that's not a hobby. Like a hobby to me is something that you just like do with your free time. It's not something that encroaches in other areas of your life. So it's just like Um, some people are going to be addicted. Some people, it's going to really be a hobby for them. I think it's just kind of up to the parent to just know what works for their kid and know, be able to identify if they're, they were doing well, and now they're not, or they're slipping and stuff like that. Because realistically, it's like what happened with me when I went to college the first time is, um, you know, I just, that's what I did. So that's just what I kept doing. So if your kid is You know, just playing video games all the time. When they get to college, they're not just going to flip a switch and do other things. They're just going to play video games all the time. And, like I said, like for me at least, like I just had a lot of free time like my first year in college. I mean, the freshman classes, you know, they're not like too demanding or anything like that. So um, it's really just like, you got, it's like, it's kind of like a bow and arrow. You got to like point them in the right direction because once that arrow is gone, like it's gone and it's just going and they're going to have to. it all themselves basically at that point Mm -hmm,
0: mm
1: -hmm. Um, so yeah i just don't there's a lot kind of that goes into that but generally speaking i think that just basically if you think it's a problem then you should probably like look into it and start trying some things Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah so you know if if your kids are ducking out of other things you know if they used to play hockey but now they don't want to go to the rink if they used to go and Play hoop in the street, but they never do it. If they used to sit at the dinner table and they no longer do, if they were always if they were part of the family and happy to go to grandma's on Sunday for dinner, but they no longer do, um, you know, you have to kind of look and think why? What is it that's stopping this? And if you suspect it's they they can't get off their phones and they can't put their phones away, then you know, I agree with you hundred percent. It's it's more than likely a problem, and you know I. I think that there are so many contributing factors to it because, you know, as, as I said earlier, before I hit record, my, my eldest son, he can take it or leave it. You know, he mm-hmm. doesn't, he, he taps into it every now and again, but when he does, it is, I know for him, is genuinely to interact with two guys that he doesn't ever see otherwise. So, you know, it's kind of once a month, they'll all go hey let's go play this game so he does that but he can take it or leave it Mm -hmm. and um and my youngest is is not interested in killing anything so he's just not he's not that uh, he's not wired that way but you know so many there's so many factors to be taken into consideration and that you know are you an addictive type of personality is obviously a, a key one and We don't know that, do we? You didn't know. Did you know you were an addictive type of personality?
1: Not really. I mean, kids aren't going to be, they're just not going to have the life experience for that. I mean, what are the big things? The big things are like shopping, gambling, obviously drinking. I mean, it's hard smoking. It's hard to know when you can't do any of those things really when you're a kid. So, so Yeah. yeah, I didn't really, I didn't know
0: yeah no i mean you don't know and then i mean now as well there's pornography i mean there's just so many avenues for this to kind of take root um what would be your advice to you know parents of kids who are maybe under the age of 12 so you know preteen, that tweeny 9 to 12 and you know so many of them have phones now they have smartphones what would your advice be to to parents who are who whose kids had a smartphone and I'm not saying that smartphones are the, the gateway to gaming but you know mm. or have a gaming console what would your advice be to them
1: um I don't know like I don't think that young kids really need smartphones if there's like a flip phone or something you want to get them because you just want to be able to talk to them but I mean I don't know I remember being like a young boy like just having a smartphone is probably just not a good idea mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons. But assuming that they do, I mean, they're not. I mean, kids aren't really going to do things themselves. Usually, they're not going to like organize activities with their friends and stuff like that. I think it'd be helpful um, for parents. I think the the best thing to do is to find other parents. Who also want their kids to not play video games or be on their smartphones on social media all day or something like that and like get them together mm-hmm. and do things like, you know, anything like just normal stuff, like sports, you know, whatever, go to the lake and go fishing or something like that. I don't know, just anything, Shoot. any kind of outdoor yeah. activity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's, it's a, a really good point that, and I think this is the, the, the problem that parents find is and the kids also and and in all fairness for the kids as well if they're the only one you know Mm -hmm. you are the only kid who had their gaming console taken and and a phone taken and the five friends that you were gaming with still have it it'd be very hard for you because you would feel quite lonely and quite isolated and and i think now the, the 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 pressure of you know, with the pandemic, the pressure on parents to try and at least have their kids connected to their friends in mm-hmm. some way. And I think, you know, Snapchat, you know, is, is, some, is, is a, a very interesting platform because parents want their kids to have it because it's all they do. They don't seem to text and talk anymore. So if I was to take Snapchat away from my 15 year old, let's, let's say, I'd be like, no, you don't need it He's going to go, I do need it, mom, because no one will reply to text. No one will pick up their phone. So I know this and I think, ah, yeah, he's actually right. So if, if he's the only one that has Snapchat pulled, he really will be disconnected from his friends. And he does realize that, you know, the, the perils of Snapchat. I mean, he hates Snap Maps. You know, they look and go, oh, my goodness, everyone's at the ice rink or at the skate park and I didn't get the call. They can see where all their friends are. So Snapchat's an interesting one. And how do you get around it?
1: How did I get around it? I didn't really have, I mean, you know, smartphones didn't really come out till I was in, like, high school. Like, right yeah. when I was graduating is kind of when they became big yeah. in 2010. So I just, I don't know, I didn't really have that. And I was never really big into social media i just always thought it was kind of like weird i didn't really like putting all my stuff on the internet that anyone can go look at it i still Mm -hmm. don't really I mean, i have a facebook i just haven't done anything with it in like five years so Mm -hmm. um yeah i don't really i'm not like i'm more of like the video game type stuff yeah that's the, what I can the same. To, but... right?
0: the, the video games and social media affect the, the dopamine, the oxytocin, the, yeah, I guess, the developing brain is,
1: is the same. Yeah. For the, as far as that goes, I can assume it's the same. Like I said, I've never done it. So I can't say for sure. Like, yeah, I felt the same as when I played video games, but, um, yeah, I mean that one's like, that's another tough one, but it's like, you can just, you don't need Snapchat. You can just text your friends. You can just call mm-hmm. your friends. And stuff like that. And I understand, like, I get the argument. It's like easy and stuff like that, but um, you have to just decide, I guess, if the risk is worth the reward. And if there's not any kind of mitigating factors or anything that you could take, like, Oh, well, instead of Snapchatting, they could just, you know, text their friend, like how difficult is that to do mm -hmm. versus like all this other stuff. And like, there's a lot of stuff that goes on, like, you know, the Department of Justice and the FBI, like there's all kinds of stuff that goes on on these apps and the internet and stuff like that with young kids. So, um, I mean, it's just something to look into. Like I said, it's not like a one size fits all. Like, like for me, if I had Snapchat and my friends just used it to invite me to things, like I wouldn't be on Snapchat all day probably, but some people will be. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of have to make an executive decision based on what you're seeing i think
0: yeah yeah and for for parents parents listening will be okay they'll be saying things like this i have a 14 year old boy and he's gaming six hours a day after school and he's gaming all day on the weekends and he's going to sleep at three o'clock in the morning he's he's doing this what would you advise i do
1: yeah <laughs> so before yeah. i go into this just to, what is that sorry
0: from your perspective you know i'm from not gonna, they're not I'm not going to hold you to, it to what Adam said this, but no one is. I just know they'll be curious as to what, you know, you at this stage in your life would say, you know, you got to get rid of the game. you got to get yeah. off it. Or, or would you say, you know, and, and it's not a, a, a one size fits all. I know it's mm-hmm. not the cookie cutter approach. There's so many things we have to take into consideration, but, you know, for that sort of scenario, what, what would you, what would you recommend?
1: So... Just to kind of explain, so I'll explain what what happened with me, basically. So I was just like cold turkey, obviously, with basic training. Um, Throughout the military, I mean, we worked like 12 hours was almost the minimum for a day. Like that's if we're not going to the field or going to a range or doing jumps or anything like that. Um, So we didn't really have that much time, but I would still play video games. And I was still, I wouldn't, I wasn't nearly like as addicted. I wouldn't even say that I was really addicted, but it was kind of like the fine line there. Um, I'd play for like an hour or two at night, like after I ate dinner, like with my buddies or something like that in the barracks. Um, And so, but after I got out, when I went to college, I would still like Kind of play some, and I don't want to like give the impression that you can like grow out of it, but I want to say that that's kind of what happened because it was like they just became less interesting, I guess, as I became more interested in other things. And like now, this past semester in law school, like I didn't play I, at all, a single mm-hmm. second. I mean, I was in class at eight thirty and reading till ten o'clock at night. Like I just, didn't, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, there's no way that was even going to happen, but. Like after my last final, I just like needed to turn my brain off. And so I started playing a video game and I only, I could only do it for about like two and a half hours. And I was like, I just want to do something else. So there can be like that kind of recovery. And like I said, for me, it was cold Turkey. And I think that cold Turkey is probably the best because it's not like, it's not like a physical dependency the way that things like alcohol and drugs are like you don't have to wean someone off you don't need like nicotine patches for it or you're going to like go into physical like withdrawal and get fevers and cold sweats and shakes and stuff like that um so I would say that cold turkey is probably the best that's also when you're going to really figure out like if it's a problem or not Because if you go to your kid and you're like, all right, we're not playing any video games this month, we're taking your Xbox or whatever it is, um, we're locking the computer down, and they're like, you know, like, kind of upset, like, kids are going to get upset because they want to play video games, but, like, if they're, like, real upset, like, throwing fits, like, threatening parents, like, just, just reverting, like, you see 16-year-olds acting like toddlers and stuff like that, I mean, then you probably know it's a problem Mm -hmm. um and so that's kind of like a dual purpose some people try to like do the weaning like okay well we'll start here and we'll cut it back and that might work for some people I mean if you want to try that you can try that but I would just say if you're not seeing results like quickly and your kids still just like asking you for more time like begging for it and stuff like that I would say that probably just like cold turkey. And unfortunately now is like with COVID and the lockdowns and everything, it's been like a lot of, um, it's just a lot more difficult, you know, because everyone's like restricted and all this stuff. But um, on the website that my mom has, there's like some Screen Strong Challenge or something like that, that I know that people do. And I don't know any really details about that. Um, if you're looking for something, but yeah, just for me and my experience, you have to like, I feel like you have to replace it with something. You can't just like take it away and just leave your kid with all this, just this black hole Mm -hmm. in their life. Cause I mean, that's just upsetting for anyone. Like, what are you, like, what are you going to do? And when you're playing video games all day, like you don't do anything else. So you don't know what to do. Like you don't read, you don't. Play an instrument, you don't play sports with your friends, you have no like structure built already to like tap into, be like, okay, well, I'll just go play baseball, you know, whatever, with so and so, and then I'll go do this with this person because that doesn't really exist because everyone's just been playing video games all day. So I think that it's important to try to get a plan, at least a basic kind of plan to like replace that before you just like take it all away really
0: yeah and that's an essential step in the book you know is we have to find something to replace the games right there has to be another game they go and play a game of hook or a game of cards or a game of you know guitar or there has to be something to fill this void as you say I mean there's a huge black hole there's 10-12 hours in the day and they don't know how to fill it Mm -hmm. So they have to be guided to fill up that time. And that will take time and effort by the parents. I think that's a really valid point. A lot of moms would say, oh my goodness, Adam, would you come and speak to the kids in the school? And you probably get asked that. Come and speak to the great tens, you know, on on your journey. And what would you recommend they do? And do you do that? Do you think there's any value in that? Or how do you feel up with that?
1: There might be value in it. I'm not... I don't really like talking with the kids that much because a lot of it is, is when it's to the point where the kids won't listen to the parents and they're like, well, they won't listen to me. So maybe they'll listen to you. Like if your kids aren't listening to you, they ain't going to listen to anybody. And so um, that's kind of like, I like, I prefer to talk to the parents mostly because they're the ones that, I mean, the parents are really the ones that are going to have to do something. Like, the kid's not – if you have an addicted kid, like, first off, they're addicted. Second off, they're, it's a kid. Like, they're not going to – they don't know what to do. They just don't know. And so the parent's going to have to step in and um, kind of do some strong parenting and show some strong leadership because this gets really bad. Like, my mom gets stories all the time um, just about – all these things that happen and the kids like some it's really like scary for some people like some grown men you know 16 17 year old I mean they're basically grown at that point they'll like throw their moms around and stuff like that and that's obviously like a real problem um but obviously it's best to try to cut it off before it gets to that point when they're younger um but if it is to that point the most important thing I think just in any scenario just even regardless of what it is like if a parent if you're a parent and you tell your kid that there's going to be consequences if they do something and they do it and you don't give them the consequences then they're just their bubble is just going to keep expanding and they're just going to keep doing things because they know that there aren't going to be any repercussions for it and they never learn cause and effect and so they'll just And that just kind of reinforces the whole video game problem of, well, if I spend all of my time doing video games and I'm not doing anything else, there's nothing. Like what, like what happens when you're 35 years old? Like what, like what have you been doing your whole life? You went to college, maybe graduated. Now you're working some job and you come home and play video games all day. Like what is, like, what is that? And so it just kind of creeps up on you. And that's what I kind of felt in college was it was like creeping and I just knew I had to do something about it. But, um, again, like, kind of like what I said earlier, you got to like direct them and no one's going to know your kid better than you do. So you got to figure out what the thing is you can, you're going to have to probably try different things because unless your kid's been addicted to something before, which they probably haven't, you're not really going to know what works. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously, just the fact, even if you start researching it, like I also said earlier, like, then it's probably an issue, it might not be, like, maybe you take it away and they're fine with it, and you were just overly worried. But it is a really big issue the vast majority of the time, I think, because if, like, your son, like, if he's just getting on once a month, like, you're not, you're not going to be looking up, like, why is my son playing video games all day because he's not doing it, so...
0: Oh, exactly. And I think that that's an interesting point. I've not really thought of that. But, you know, if you're thinking, well, maybe he's not addicted, but maybe he is. I'm just not sure. As you say, if you take it away, mm-hmm. you will be very obvious the coping strategies or the, the, you know, how your child thrives without it. Yeah. And, you know, if they're, you know, punching their fist through drywall or they become aggressive with you or verbally aggressive or just out of control, then you taking it away, is a di- is a the diagnosis is there. You take it mm-hmm. away and they go and find a friend, go play. You take it away and they go, oh, I miss it, but they go and get into something else. You take yeah. it away and they are frantic and out of control. There's your answer.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you get like the primordial screeching from 16 year olds and stuff like that just throwing fits and it's hard like it's hard on the parents I'm sure because they no one really knows like what like what do you no one's really had like addicted children before there's no like no like you what do you do like no one really knows um I know that there's like a Facebook group of a bunch of parents for the scream strong thing that my mom does where they all basically get together and like Share their stories, so you're not alone. If you take it away, and your kids screaming about it and wanting to fight you and stuff like that, um, it's unfortunately pretty common.
0: Yeah, um, it is. Go. I, 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 my for every day, I've got emails from parents who are really struggling, and you know, I have a Facebook group myself, and I have three questions that they fill in to get into the group, and without fail, every single one of them. You know, what's your biggest challenge? social media, gaming, social media, gaming. I say get off, they won't get off. They don't listen to me. They become violent. I need help. And, you know, so help is there, but as you say, it's difficult. It requires a lot of effort when they, when this this thing has crept into their lives and progressively taken over more and more and more and more of their hours Mm -hmm. in the real world that they're now in the virtual world, Pulling it away, then what are they going to do? They don't know what to do. They don't know how to fill the void. They don't know how to be bored. They don't even know how to be creative because all the creativity is done for them. So yeah. it's a scary place to find yourself, I'm sure. And these kids, it must be terrifying. at the thought when the parent says, no, give me your phone, I'm taking it away. They're terrified because they don't know what they will do without it. And they know that they're going to struggle to cope
1: yeah i remember that's kind of like you talk about like the virtual world that's something that i've talked about before when i've done talks and stuff like that with parents and stuff is like it really is like like the real world just doesn't even exist like i remember like in college i woke up and i just like played video games and then the whole like i said there was like a cafeteria in the place. it was 10 o'clock at night and everything was closed and I didn't have any food. So I just didn't eat all day. And so it's like, basically what happens is all of your motivation goes to like, what can I do to get back to the virtual world? Like, what is the thing to where I can get back there the fastest? And the real world stuff is basically just like an annoyance, like going to class is is just an annoyance because it pulls you away from your world like eating is annoying Mm -hmm. sleeping it's annoying because it pulls you away from that and it really is um like a whole it's like a weird it's a really weird kind of psychological flip um Mm -hmm. looking back on it honestly so that's actually kind of what i talk about when parents want to try to understand what it's like for their kids that are really addicted and that's what it's like. It's like there's this weird psychological phenomena or something where the real world isn't real and the virtual world is and that's the only thing that you care about and everything that you do is just to spend more time there.
0: Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it must be quite terrifying when you actually realize that you're a human being designed mm-hmm. to exist in a real world. But your whole perspective of reality has become so skewed that you can't cope in this real world as a human. But in the virtual world, you're the hero. You're this guy. You're that guy. You just get, you're into it. And everything is is better. You know, it's more exciting. It's more reactive. It's more like you just get the thrill, the, the, you know, the, the impulsivity and add to, add, add to the fact that the developing, the teenage brain is under reconstruction and it's all been taken apart and rewired and that teenagers are driven for social interaction. Gaming checks the box. For impulsivity, woof, great gaming checks the box. High risk activities, totally checks the box. Novel experience, it's always changing. Every two seconds, mm-hmm. three seconds, four seconds. So it checks all those boxes that satisfy the criteria for the, the developing teen brain, but it's all skewed. It's the wrong, it's the wrong way in which it, it's, it's giving it. You know, it's, it's satisfying it in, in devious ways. So, I mean, it really is a huge problem. And I love the fact you're saying you know, it, the parents have to do some strong parenting, some real parenting and leadership. We have to lead our kids out of the hole that they're in and they're kids, they can't get out of it themselves. And so you know, we have to step up and, and do our part. Um, Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you and I'm sure I will get a whole load of questions um, off the back of this interview. Is there, any, is there any other final kind of words that you'd like to share with the listeners um, before we finish this, this call?
1: Yeah, just to kind of reiterate you, it's just like strong parenting. Like when I was a team leader, I wanted to. Our unit was pretty bad. I was in the infantry, so we did a lot of really unfun things all the time. So I would try to like make life as easy as I could for my soldiers when I could. But I also understood that if you don't put the time in, and we don't go out on the quad and do gun drills for five hours one day, like someone's going to die, and it's probably going to be me. Um, and so you just have to find that balance to where you're not being cold or callous, but you're also going to have to put your foot down. And when you put your foot down, if you lift it back up, it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good because the next time you do it, you, you can really only do it once. And, you know, there are lasting kind of effects for that into adulthood for kids who just kind of had, um, for lack of a better term, I guess, just kind of weak, parenting where they're just not like I said they'll say they're going to be consequences and there are none Um, so it has to be like a big decision and obviously I think that both the parents should make it together because it's going to be difficult most of the time Um, but yeah the screen strong stuff I know my mom's she's been doing this for like probably close to a decade now at this point so there's tons of information on there like help stuff like there's a ton of FAQ stuff if you have questions, there's probably a question on there. It's probably on there on some FAQ somewhere or something. Um, but yeah, and again, like for me, like just to say there is hope because even if you've got kids who have left, who you know, maybe you think that you messed up, like joining the army is pretty drastic, but that's what I needed. That's what worked for me. But I mean, I just finished my undergrad last semester, I'm in law school. Um, I'm doing pretty well from the grades that I've gotten back so far. So it's not like you completely just messed your kid up forever or anything like that. So, um, But yeah, there is hope. Things do work. People do get better. Um, But yeah, everyone's different. So you're just going to have to do what you know works for your family.
0: Mm -hmm. Very, very wise words, Adam. Thank you so, so much. And for all of you that are listening, I will have the links to ScreenStrong.com. I will also put the links to uh, the Facebook group that Adam's mom Melanie has founded, ScreenStrong Families, where you can join the group. They do challenges, and you will really know that you're not alone when you jump in there with the thousand or so other parents that are in there. But it does take great leadership. It takes great strength, and as Adam so beautifully put, you got to put your foot down. But once your foot's down, don't lift it up. You have to stay strong, stay the leader. So all the information you need will be in the podcast notes. Um, if there's anything that you, any other questions, you can always email me, Louise at your parenting partner.com. But um, beyond that, Adam, thank you once again for being here on the show with me today. I know that this will be a very, very popular episode and the numbers will be going through the roof. So thank you again for your time because I know you're very, very busy and we really do appreciate it. And I know all the listeners will as well. So thank you from me and thank you from all of them.
1: Of course, thank you for having me.
0: Thank you. guaranteeing 12 months of use from whenever you start. It also includes beautifully illustrated, informative and interactive monthly parenting theme pages to guide you through the year. It's the perfect organizer for busy families to keep track of all their activities, plus help parents be the best parent they can be. It's more than just a calendar.